Challenges raining live from Wimbledon at night where people are sleeping in the house. ASMR edition of NCR. I'm Ben <laughs> Rothberg, joined being as loud as the hell she wants in California. It's Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Hey, Ben. <laughs> That's going to be the dynamic of this whole show. I hope you like it. It is. Yeah. Love it. Big fan. Big fan. Um, hi, Benji. Hi. Um, and, and, you know, this, this is just, this is capturing the whole vibe of being remote. You are in London. You are going to be dealing with the hushed tones, the reverence. Quiet, please. <laughs> that, that lies behind the, the iron gates of the All England Lawn Tennis Club. Which looked nice. So. I, I walked past it today, I'm actually, sure. as I was getting a, one of the test uh, things, um, don't need to go into that too much. That's been a mess. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting being in there when I'm finally allowed in, hopefully Sunday, the day before, and getting some time to acclimate to covering this. We haven't, it's my first slam without you, Courtney, in a long time. It's going to suck. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's going to like, that's weird. A lot of my friends aren't going to be there. It's going to be sad. You'll have Tommy. I'll have Tommy. I'll have uh, Jimmy's here. That's exciting. Yes, Jimmy, Jimmy is. will be here. Jimmy, Jimmy is. Jimmy Jimmy. People know. All the Brits will be here, basically. So the whole British crew will be here. Yes. But in terms of international people, not that many. Maybe Vicky. I, well, I, well, I'll see who's here when, when I see who's here. But it's going to be a yeah. uh, a strange test because these, these UK quarantine rules are are frustrating and off-putting for many people for good reason. I don't, I'm don't. i so curious to hear what your experience is covering a slam it's, it, under restriction because I don't know if you've read much of the Wimbledon website, like the media site mm-hmm. of like kind of all the rules that are in place that have never been in place, obviously, because mm-hmm. of COVID. It is wild. Like I was, even today we were, I was texting with Jimmy a little bit and he was saying that like photographers this year, they've limited the number of photographers on site mm-hmm. and photographers have to apply for a pass for every court. Every like they court. can't just like rock. Yeah. Like, but, and I presume that it's only valid for a certain time frame, right? So, uh, and it has to be approved. So, like, you know, we were just kind of saying, like, if we see somebody save a match point, and typically we would text Jimmy and be like, hey, blah, 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 can you run over to court 14 and get a photo because we need to upgrade the gallery? Like, that's just, I don't think that that's going to be able to happen. So it's an interesting thing of, like, not having free roam, fewer photographers. There, ha- there isn't one photo on Getty right now of Wimbledon hmm. at all. Mm. Um, it's, it's so, it's interesting. And then I was looking at some of the on-site media stuff as well about, yeah, the passes that you guys have to get checked out, um, restricted access or no access, I guess, to Orangi. There's like a practice viewing area now. There's just like a lot that, so I'm just very, not allowed in the broadcast center. Yeah. There's a lot of little random things. I'm prepared for it to be very frustrating. I knew that when I was coming here that I was going to be frustrated and thwarted and stymied and annoyed by all of those things because I'm definitely somebody who, you know, likes being in the quarters and running into people and finding people, you know, to talk to to enhance stories and not being allowed in any sort of player area is going to be frustrating. It's kind of the whole point of being here largely, usually when I'm at slams. But at the same time, it's been like a year and a half and I'm very eager to get back to any semblance of feeling like I'm actually doing my job the way it's sort of used to be done. And so I'm willing to give it a shot. And I do think that the U.S. swing is going to be pretty normal 
I think this is kind of, yes. at least for 2021, this is the last sort this... of, last sort of caveated asterisk things. I do, I do, the sense from what I'm getting from the U.S. is that, yeah, Washington, Cincinnati, New York, my normal swing should be pretty, pretty normal. So hopefully yeah, I'll see you at that, one of those that's maybe. That's the sense that I'm getting as well. Oh, for, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping so, you know. I mean, I already told everybody, I was like, I don't care if anybody's sending me, but I will be going to San Jose occasionally let's be fair i hate the drive to san jose um but um yes i've already cleared the floor of wta comms people in indian wells of like i don't know if i'm credentialed to be there i don't know if i'm even there for work but i'll be sleeping on your floor just to be in and around indian wells because i i cannot do this anymore i am i am fed up doing this remotely yeah that is for sure very much so and so. as are the players i'm sure fed up with the bubbles and this is a bubble tournament for the yep. players who we're not gonna get to see but they're all not doing their normal wimbledon thing which is you know being in houses being nearby walking around the grounds all that stuff and so i was thinking as i was walking back from this test thing today like oh, am i gonna see any players like no of course not like unless i like went in the grounds which i can't yet um i wasn't gonna see anybody so you literally can't i, I mean, thought maybe a car would can't. drive past me and i'd spot somebody in a car but that was it Oh, well, yes. But yeah, no. maybe something like that. Anyway, yeah. so these players in this bubble, do you want to start with the, the bubble boys or the bubble girls? Um, Let's start with the bubble boys, because I have obviously not seen the draw, so I'm going to pull that up. Okay, bubble boys. Boys in a bubble. The Jake Gyllenhaals of the world. Mm. King bubble. Or king of ten men's tennis right now, obviously. It's Novak Djokovic. He is the top seed in the draw. I just got done with a... Uh, PTPA press conference they were holding uh, this evening. It's very ASMR. That was the outro the first time we did that. It's all that I hear when you do it. Continue. Djokovic opens against Jack Draper, who is a young Brit, talented Brit, made the boys' final Wimbledon a couple years ago and had a nice run at queen's club recently where he beat players including yannick sinner and bublik uh so he beat sinner and bublik yeah Draper did? yeah dang and also son of former lta head yeah yeah former lta head, uh head i can't remember his dad's name yeah, but yeah. so it's interesting seeing like the lta like promoting him a lot and obviously it makes sense because he's doing well and he's playing Djokovic first so they put out like a sort of a hype video for him today that was like four minutes long it was like hype but it was also like an interview it wasn't it was like medium hype the tone like want it wanted to be hype, but it was also not going full hype. It was it was it was in between. Um, anyway, this draw I think relatively is not the easiest first week possible for Djokovic. Not the best, but not the worst. I mean, Draper is playing decently well. Unknown will have a lot of crowd on his side. Obviously, if he gets any sort of momentum in this match, and then he gets Kevin Anderson, who Novak played in the twenty eighteen. Wimbledon final, so the rematch of a final in the second round. So even if Anderson's not at his best lately, not a kind of player you want to play in your second grass singles match. Djokovic, by the way, this week's been playing doubles in Mallorca, or he was. Um, made the final there with a Spanish guy whose name I already forgot. And speaking of Spanish guys, he could play Davidovich Fokina in the third round, or potentially grass-loving qualifier Dennis Kudla, who's in this section and is usually good for like a third round one run at Wimbledon most years. So... Then you could get in the fourth round. I think it's a pretty easy fourth round, relatively on grass against Malfis or Garin. Uh, so that part's not bad. But what do you make of, of Novak's draw here, Corny? 
I am not concerned about this draw if I'm a Novak Djokovic fan. No, um, no. That being said, I'm not really sure that I'm concerned of any draw uh, for Novak Djokovic if I'm a Novak Djokovic fan. That's just the reality of it. Um, but so far, just kind of like as I'm, again, laying eyes on this draw for the first time today, I'm getting the same feelings as, I'm, as I've been dealing with all day kind of analyzing the women's draw. Mm -hmm which is you have like your kind of generally standout players, right? Players you know that can generally do well at the tournament. And then past that, every single time my eyes stop at a name, mm -hmm. um, just out of recognition or kind of like, oh, I stop and then I think, oh, but they're injured or, or uh, but they're not playing really well this all recently. Yeah. Or, you know, there's no reason to think that. So there's a lot of like where on paper something looks particularly interesting but then when you actually like do the math and show your work you're kind of like no like you know like like you said like the anderson potential second round and you know davidovich Fokina, seppi's in there um garin obviously you know very good player gael normally would be like ooh la la but you know <laughs> very french based noise, on yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, voila. Um, but based on their um, their recent performance or the surface or whatever, you're kind of like meh. So it's kind of a weird. This is why I always think that like Wimbledon draws are a little bit wonky because, yeah, you just kind of have to tear everything up and just kind of start over because there's no lead up, there's no results, there's no sense of who's playing well. You're midway through the season and people are injured. We're playing in COVID. Like there's just so many things where you're just like, I don't know. So yeah, so that's me looking at the 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 Djokovic section. I'm like, meh. Especially okay. especially this year because we didn't get a a, a full grass season because French Open pushed back a week. So most players didn't play that week. Although some did some played the Nottingham and Stuttgart week. Um but most didn't. And then also we didn't have any grass data from last year at all. So like I'm looking like a little bit further down the draw. Let's mention people like Rublev or Sitsipas. Like we don't, right. we haven't seen much of them on grass at all. For as relevant as they've become on tour, the grass portfolios for them is pretty. The dossier is pretty thin. Well, so it's tough to say too much with confidence. I will say with Djokovic. So I agree with you. Just big picture on him. Like I think he can lose Wimbledon, but I think it's going to be almost. I think almost assuredly more about him, right? Oh, I don't yeah. think anybody has the game, has shown the game to step up and beat Djokovic on the surface right now, playing a level that we've seen, you know, coming into this tournament. I think that it would have to be someone who either completely elevates or completely trees Redwood. Sam Quarry. Trees. Yeah, Sam, Sam Quarry kind of did that. But he also got Djokovic on a bad day, too. <laughs> I think that was more about Djokovic. Yes, I know. Beating himself in 2016. It's always... You know. But isn't that, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that that's the biggest thing about Novak that I think is kind of sets him apart in a lot of ways from, well, I'm not even going to go there, but I just think it sets, it sets him apart is that a lot of times when he loses, it's because of him, not because he's necessarily gets full out, flat out, outplayed anymore. Maybe back, obviously, you know, five, 10 years ago, but like right now, uh, it's, it's, he's kind of holding all the cards really, but you know, but that's why we play. Um, mm -hmm. who knows what, you know, we just experienced this two weeks ago where everybody literally in week one was tweeting about why French Open was no pointless because just give Rafa the trophy yeah. and we saw what happened. So let's, let's try tennis to learn our lessons. And I say this to myself as well. It's very hard for me to think that like Novak could lose a match here, but like, you know, sports. It's it's not easy. You, you, you can't take winning slams for granted. I mean, even if he's won the last two, obviously mentioned Query. That was one where he'd won four in a row, and then out of nowhere, mm -hmm. he bombs in that round, and the, and the wheels come off, and the wheels stayed off his career for a while after that loss. So, 
yeah, so Novak is there in the top quarter. Also in his quarter is Rublev as the five seed in there as the high seed. Uh, and Diego Schwartzman as the number nine seed. Schwartzman, another person who I like, I don't think has much grass success at all. Uh, Yannick Sinner is in here at number 19. He aforementionedly lost to Jack Draper in Queens Club, so not coming in with a lot of confidence and plays a former junior Wimbledon champ in Martin Fucevic, um, which I only know because I did a story on junior Wimbledon champs one year at Wimbledon, and I definitely talked to Martin Fucevic for that story. So I'm aware of his title, very much so. And yeah, I I guess I would go with Rublev. Rublev's one of those players, and I think it's kind of like Sabalenka, right? Where like, even if mm. you haven't seen tons of them on grass, like it just should make sense on grass for them, their games, to be big hitters, to be first strike players, hard, flat power, good serves. Like it should work for Rublev. Like so I don't think it works for Diego whatsoever. Um, although I think right. he can get past pair because it's pair. But um, yeah, it's an interesting sort of section. Not a, not a very strong section of the draw from a grass pedigree section. So I would think that Rublev has a pretty good shot to make quarters here. And then I would not like his chances against Novak. Yeah, I mean, it, one of the big storylines, and I, I know that this has to be true for the ATP side, because, uh, yeah, is just that, you know, so much has happened since 2019 Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I had, I think I texted you guys like the, when I did my my uh, my search on Getty for Halep Wimbledon photo mm. 2019. I saw lots of photos of Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton just chatting it up in the royal <laughs> box. And it was funny because the way that the Getty array worked is like you had all of these and then you had two match photos. One was Simona and Serena at the net before the match and one was them after the match holding their respective trophies. So it was just a journey of nine photos in this array. <laughs> but but so much has happened, right? I mean, it, like on the women's side, you know, Coco Goff made her Grand Slam debut mm-hmm. at 2019 Wimbledon, right? Um, Svitolina made a Wimbledon semifinal that year. Her first Slam semi. Her first, a trio of young champions who kind of are, in a lot of ways, you know, the the marquee players on tour in terms of Sviantec, Andrescu, even Kennan, hadn't won their majors yet, you know, at, at that point. Um, so, uh, so much has happened from just two month, two years away. And so the rankings look a certain way and reflect what has obviously happened in the last two years, especially with the frozen rankings. But... Then you sit there, and, and I'm just sitting there from the WTA side, and I don't know. I'll look through as the men's side go through goes goes through, but like on the women's side of just being like, oh my god, there's just going to be seed carnage, isn't there? Because all these players who are like ranked very highly now have not played on this surface for two years, and already when they had played on this surface, were crap on it. Like Iga is not confident on it. Bianca hasn't played since 2017. Yes, Ego won Junior Wimbledon, but she that hates my, that. She that hates the grass. Face. Yeah, she won Junior Wimbledon. No, I know, yeah. but she hates it. She 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 says the reason I won Junior Wimbledon is because I was pissed off that I lost in the semifinals to Goff uh, or McNally in the uh, uh, Roland Garros Juniors, mm-hmm. and I was mad. So I took that motivation into Wimbledon, and I was just better than everybody else. Like she was basically like I was just better than everybody else the way that I was playing, and that's why I won. It's not because I'm good on it. 
She can, and she hates she it. She can do that again, though. She can do. We, I've seen. She I've could. seen Iga do the whole "I'm better than everybody else" slam win. A hundred percent. And I have to say, like it, in Eastbourne, sorry to derail this with women's tennis, but uh, say, in Eastbourne, this is she, pretty good sidebar to the women's draw sorry, during this men's but like, top half discussion. But, yes. but in in Eastbourne, she 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 took the first set off Kasatkina and played really well. And then, like, I thought out loud, I was like, oh, my gosh, Iga just figured out how to play grass. Like, this was, like, eviscerating Iga levels of tennis. Did Won one more game. <laughs> the rest of the match got bageled and won, I think. Um, and I was like, well, maybe not. So it's, it, but it's in her head. Bianca hasn't played, had not played, just got her first main draw grass win. Anyways, so for the guys, it's the same way. You have a lot of players who, since 2019 championships, have done incredible things. And their rankings reflect it, but their ranking is not going to be reflecting their quality on grass, which is going to just lead to, I think, a really, I think it's going to be a wild first week on both sides. Stefano Tsitsipas is the number three seed in this quarter of the draw. He faces Francis Diafo first and one of the more fun sort of next-gen alums. I don't know what the, like... It's sort of like next gen, the college years or something now at this point. It's, you know, <laughs> they're still next gen, but they're not really kids. To, they're not like the youths anymore. Uh, Sitsipas, anyway, is in this quarter along with uh, Alex Dimonar, who made the final of Eastbourne, which is playing tomorrow. Had a lovely uh, point, very comical point where he was like hovering over the net and, you know, doing his thing. It's a fun replay you've hopefully seen on social media by now. Yeah, Sitsipas is a perfect example. I mentioned him earlier, of someone who's done a lot of great things and has no grass track record of recent. He's not played a warm-up tournament. He did enter the doubles with Petros, which is always lovely to see. I got a wild card. Petros remains wild card king, even in, in England, which I adore. And people were like, oh, he shouldn't have gotten a wild card. Uh, the combined ranking of the Sitsipases is so much higher than any of the British wild card teams. Don't even start. Not Maybe not all of them, but at least it's in the mix. It's comparable. Um, so anyway... Uh, is here. Mackie McDonald has played well on grass. He's a qualifier. He plays uh, Karen Hatchinoff in the first round. Hatchinoff has been bad. Yeah, he's been kind of stinky. He's been very, very been kind um, of getting forgotten. Uh, reverting. Yeah, yeah. Like he's getting completely passed by all like the Russians and partial Russians and whatever in terms of the conversation. And I feel like two two years ago that was not the case. Like it was a trio. Of Russians, and now we just talk about Rublev and Medvedev, and 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 you know Sitsipas and whoever. But yeah, yeah, I think Kachanov might have been the first one of them into the top ten, if memory serves me right. And yeah, now he's, he was. And now he's sort of yeah, receding. So I would I would think this would be a round uh, four match between Sitsipas and Dimonar, uh, hopefully, and that could be fun. Um, I think this is a surface that suits him well. I think Evans. I haven't seen Evans is British, but I don't think he has amazing grass results to speak of. He did beat Novak on clay this year, which remains one of the more amusing results. Shout out to... Corda Deminer should be interesting. Yeah, Corda Deminer's a good first round for sure. But again, I don't know Corda on grass at all. Like, I just, I'm nervous there. saying things about him on there. Uh, cousin Antoine Huang plays uh, against uh, Zhang Zhizhen in the first round, who is the first Chinese man ever to play main draw men's singles in Wimbledon. It's a long yeah, time coming. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, first time ever Chinese man main draw to slam. It's not the uh, Australian Open. So, yeah, it's one of those. So, yeah, so we'll see if that, that should get some attention. Hopefully, I'm not sure he qualified, so he must be playing decently well. Uh, and we'll see how that section goes. Again, do I think... I genuinely thought that when I saw the scoreboard, I thought that that was Zheng Zhe, the, the Ch Chinese... Um, one of the junior number uh, one, right? I think, 
I don't know if he was junior number one, but he played doubles with Roger in Shanghai, oh. like one or two years. It was always like a oh, big Zhang deal. Oh, Zhang with Z-E. Yeah. Yeah, Z-E. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's who I thought that that was. And then, so I kind of was like, oh, good for him. And then realized that it was somebody else, which I'm really hoping that maybe, maybe this will happen with more, if, if there were more ATP men's players, but tennis really does need to change its system particularly for the like the naming system for the chinese players because there's just too many that like where the first letter of the first name is not going to indicate who that person is yeah anyways continue no but yeah you know you're right about i guess corda diminer i circled but i guess you're right i don't i don't know it's it's been something in um, women's golf they have they give the players like numbers because there's players with identical names in the lpga yeah so well especially because yeah they have a lot of korean yeah. uh, obviously a lot of korean players where there's yeah that you'd have to a lot of very out, common yeah. names there yeah um mm-hmm. bottom section of the draw roberto batista agut you may remember made the semifinals wimbledon in 2019 on his last appearance <laughs> don't remember that don't remember that. <laughs> he played in the quarters mm-hmm. uh guido pella which i'd completely forgotten guido pella made the quarters i gotta tell you i looked at his draw and i was like whoa just Taking us on a walk down memory lane, Benji. We'll get to him in the bottom half soon. Yeah, actually, it's a, it's a, it's a tough first <laughs> round. But Batista Good is here against Millman. Uh, Opelka is in here. Opelka, another former junior champ, um, who I think is in pretty good shape here, I would think. And obviously, uh, Andrew, Sir Andrew Murray, is in this section as well, opening against Nicholas Basilashvili. Dennis Shapovalov is here, another good junior at Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, there's some... Uh, there's some names here. This is a kind of fun section. Again, like it's all under the caveat of is your top half players? Does it matter with Djokovic there? But one of these guys is going to make a semifinal potentially out of this Tsitsipas quarter. I think it could be Opelka or Shapovalov. I think they're both in the mix. I think that uh, Sitsi's in the mix. Demon, maybe. Yeah, I think there's, you know, it's a nice little land of opportunity for things. It and the other thing I should mention on this for both draws, quarter. both draws are missing two top five players. So there's more yeah. space, right? Osaka and Halep are out. Halep defending champion. Nadal is out. And team is out. And so two top five players from both draws. It, there's some opportunity to be had here already, even before the aforementioned expected carnage officially hits. We already have some pre-carnage. So, it's so interesting things like help it to the semis of... feel like more plausible to say. Sure. Yeah. And it's interesting how that worked out with the two top five players being out because they're kind of similar in mm-hmm. like, you know, team in Osaka, not really proven entities on grass, you know, obviously big names, but would they have really made an impact on the draw? Probably not. You know, you don't want to play them, but right. they don't they haven't proven it. And then you have obviously Rafa and Simona who, you know, are are perfectly. We're, we're clay lovers outs. who dally on grass. I mean they're dabble. Mm-hmm. Like they're not really even grass, even though obviously Simona's reigning champ. She's not like grass Mona, really. Yeah, I know, but like she, she did win grass titles. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, just like I'm just going for your parallelism yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, you know. No, no, no. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. No, I, I, I see it. I see it. Uh, Continue. Okay. <laughs> Bottom half of the men's draw. Uh, there's Matteo Berrettini, Matt Berrettini, who's getting a lot of hype suddenly. People were talking about. Shocking. People were talking about. Well, not, not for that, but for being. No, for, but I'm saying if you're a good-looking dude and you won Queens in Britain. Yeah, sure probably you're going to get some play like that's just that's just that's just right up the british tabloid alley define play let's be if real. you will but yes um i no i mean <laughs> i mean i mean publicity i didn't mean like that please uh as if i would disrespect isla like that never we would we would we would fully never we would literally never the draw disrespected isla a little bit by giving her boyfriend guido pella of the quarterfinals in 2019 not ideal not, not, not ideal. ideal round although that i'm sure pella's feeling a lot of oh! pressure and then in the second round he plays potentially <laughs> the lucky loser <laughs> it's bob 
The thing. Okay. Roll the clip. Roll the clip. Botik van de Zonschulp. The thing about Bob Vanderslap is that literally he lost in the final round of qualies, and I was kind of not watching the match, but watching the scoreboard because it was I was watching another women's match. And I had texted our 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 Dutch correspondent, uh, Mr. Avakian. It's like, oh, no Bob at, at Wimbledon. And so I was genuinely taken aback just now when my eyes dropped down from Matteo Berrettini and saw that indeed Botik van der Zanschlap. Pretty good. Maybe? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah thanks. 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 Uh, mate got that lucky loser spot. So congrats to him and good luck to uh, to the British public. Someone sent me an article recently that Benjamin Banzai, who's another sort of, you know, NCR meme player, is uh, yeah. also like dating the reigning winner of like French Survivor or something. So, you know, our our, our boys are doing things. Okay. Not necessarily winning matches okay. all the time, but, you know, making headlines, getting okay. in draws, doing things. Fair, uh, fair. Berrettini, who I think is was getting talked about legitimately, it's like the second favorite for the tournament. People were putting him like, one, when Federer lost to Felix, people were putting Berrettini at like number two to win this tournament. You're making faces. Make the case against that, because who else is there? The field. <laughs> I mean, like, all due respect. I mean, I would love it. I would love it. I I would love for for Matt to to be there on Championship Sunday, and I want Matt to win all the time. Every match he plays, I want Matt to win. I don't, we, I don't know how much there. we've ever talked about Berrettini on here. Very nice boy, lovely guy, lovely like, super, super nice. nice guy, very respectful. Like I don't have a bad thing to say about the dude. Like he's like a legit, like just like a really nice dude. His um, like insta no his what it was I forget what it was platform wise like insta live whatever he did with chrissy during the pandemic so good it was one of my favorite things and he was like so deferential to chrissy Mm -hmm. like he like chris was asking him like all these questions about like you know playing in big tournaments and he was like i mean why are you asking me i mean you're the one that knows i mean you're you're incredible and honestly for any man to do that and just to recognize that like you are talking to a legend when you are talking to chris everett like I, I doff my cap. Talk, like, good for you. Talk about a, a seven seed you want to bring home to mom. I mean, right in that, oh in that interaction. My goodness. Perfect. He's next gen Grigor. I think that's right. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not saying, like, I, all the Grigor baggage, whatever, but just like a really nice guy who is very easy to talk. Like, he's just a nice guy. Yeah. Like, he's a good boy. He was raised right, you know? So good on him. So we want Matt to win all the things. I want to see you on Championship Sunday, Matt. Get her done. But really, second favorite bet, <laughs> bet makers. Like, really? I mean, I'm not sure. again, I don't think I'm not into betting. Was, I don't think, I don't I don't think don't... he was a, officially that. But like in terms of like the zeitgeist. And I'm sure Federer was still number two. What's the, the zeitgeist? The zeitgeist? Like the people who watch Queens? Come on. That's not a zeitgeist. That's just people who watch Queens. It's far too Germanic for anything to happen, to, you know, in <laughs> Queen. The zeitgeist at Hala, I'm sure, was talking about him that way. Um, <laughs> Berrettini in the third round could play Isner, who is the 28th seed, made a semifinal after having not many good results. Um, Grass, or, in his career, made that semifinal and played that long, long, long match against uh, Anderson, which led to the <laughs> the end of the endless sets at Wimbledon. Isner finally got the rules changed single-handedly over two matches. And are you, 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 I don't remember that match. Anderson? It was like Isner-Anderson went like 24-22 in the fifth. And then, oh, okay, I'm going to get you there. You're going to be mad by the end of this, but get ready for it. So then Djokovic and Nadal play the next match. They go late. 
They have to finish on Saturday. Yes, okay, yes. And it pushes no, back the women's final, it's and you were not thrilled. Bringing it all back. <laughs> yes, it was bringing it all back. That's why. That's why I had a I had a rage blackout yeah. of that whole sequence of events because I was so angry. Uh, this next part of the and draw. then people got mad that I got mad. Whatever. <laughs> Your feelings are valid. Just put that out there. Uh, I just uh, I don't care. Let's move in on. In the fourth <laughs> round, I'm sorry that you that you had had me do that. Uh, Ver- Matt Berrettini could face which is his Twitter handle. I think it's like a really funny anglicization. Just like at Matt Berrettini. Um, I just like Matt. Like it's just because he doesn't seem like a Matt at all. He's Italian. Like, you can't have like a hard. Well, no, but even but even name. if I just saw him walking down the street, I wouldn't think that dude's name's Matt. Like, also I don't really. Yeah, I just yeah. Anyways, continue. Okay. Uh, talk about some keep un- breaking down Matt Steele. Some unproven, uh, unproven people who've done well lately on grass, like Rude Karatsev as your seeds here. Like, no pedigree to speak of. Would not be surprised to see either of the Aussies or Shardy or maybe Nisha Corey, who hasn't been great, great on grass either, get through here. Hell, give Ilya Ivashka the right sort of, you know, breakfast you and know, maybe he could do it. Just as for Jean Munar. Like, really? You're not you're just you're going to mention everybody except him? Yes. <laughs> That's messed up. It's <laughs> not right. That's not right. That's violence. That is violence. I was stunned. I tell you stunned, ATP outsider. I was stunned to find out that Casper Ruud is the 12th seed at Wimbledon. He is. I was stunned. I got to say, he's kind of snuck up on us, Casper, like a ghost. You did that. You did that. You did it. You had to do he's it. He's kind That's of apparated right. through the walls of the rankings here, and that he's, <laughs> and that he's, not, but in a friendly way, <laughs> friendly ghost. So, guess so. I don't know. In a, uh, in a friendly way. Could um, not pick him out of a lineup. I'll be honest. Are you serious? If you showed me a picture of this man, I would not know who this man is. A hundred percent. I don't know what he looks like. Ooh. Okay, that's gonna be fun. I'm trying to figure out how to make that a game later. Fine. I'll tell you what. At some point, find two photos. Okay. Show them to me or a, a photo array. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do a lineup. Yeah. We'll do that before the show ends. I will make a lineup and we'll have Courtney play okay. live on air. Find the ghost. There you go. Ghostbuster court. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't, I, I was about to say something about how he looks. I think he's actually in his own way distinctive looking, but I'm not going to talk about that further. Um, next section here, know. Felix, who made yet another final uh, on grass and, and lost it. <laughs> it's tough because like i see felix is like in a final and i just get nervous i'm like oh no not again not another final but that's the problem is that i think that the world's energy just like collapses in the it's so it's i was thinking about it the other day because i didn't realize that it was his eighth and i heard somebody say that i was like oh my gosh eight finals has not won a set no in a final so 16 consecutive sets lost in finals how old is he 20 21 20 Something like that. He is uh, turning 21 in August. Okay. So, like, I was thinking, man, you know, if, I don't know, Coco had made five finals at this point in her career, four finals, and hadn't won a set, I'd be totally fine with it. I'd be like, good for you, Coco. You made four finals. Like, congratulations. Like, that's great. Who gives a shit that you haven't won a title because you are 17 years old? Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, you're, like, I thought he was younger than what you just said. For some reason in my head, I was like, I thought he was, like, 19 going into 20. He used to be 19. <laughs> yes, Ben. I'm aware of, I'm aware of the space-time continuum. Okay, just I'm, I'm familiar with calendars. 
I do think that player ages are tricky, though, because they change every year. I've had that issue. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. On irregular intervals. Shocking. Shocking developments. I don't know. It's it. I Eight finals is an incredible achievement. An incredible achievement. And it's just hard to block out the fact that he hasn't won a set. Like, that's a little... That's that's a little rough, but it's an incredible achievement. This one was to Marin Cilic, who I think Talented is, is a very legit grass loss, obviously, when we'll yeah. finals, and nothing wrong with that. And I think is a sleeper in this bottom half as well. We'll get to him when he comes up in the draw. But uh, Felix is in here. This is a, a fun little section or a fun other match in here. Song is in here, too, in the second round, potentially. Ooh. And then the rematch of Melbourne in the first round, number 21 seed, Ugo Amber, recent Hala champion, uh, goes up against Nick Kyrgios, who finally got on a plane and is in London and is playing Ugo Amberga, who he saved match points against, I believe, in their second round yeah. in Melbourne. And that was a great match. And Nick it was, was a great like match. Nick was like, oh, Ugo, not again. And it's, it's honestly there's not too there's not too many popcorn matches, I honestly think, in these draws. In both men's and women's, I don't think there's that many first round like, ooh, I think we get Sloan Petra and that's kind of it. Sure. And, and this one. Uh, but this should be good. I, I, I hope this is good. I also have no idea how Nick's going to be because as far as I know, he's just been streaming all He's uh, But year. as somebody who generally watches his streams, oh, generally, yeah. I'll just pop in and out. How is he as a streamer? Oh, he, I mean, well, the problem is, is that he uses a lot of Aussie gamer slang when he's playing. So I don't know what he's saying sometimes. What does that even sound like? Oh, I got kookaburred. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just it, like he, he uses a lot of like gamer language that I'm very unfamiliar with because I just curse and say, gosh, darn it. Like, why did I just get shot in the head? Like, I'm very descriptive. Mm -hmm. um, but he yeah, no, he's very good. He's very good at Call of Duty. He's a really, really positive streamer. I would encourage people like to like like he's he's like he's all good vibes, man, like when he streams. Um, but he will talk about his practices and how they're going and things like that. And the last time that I checked in, like. He was like feeling, he was really feeling himself. Like he was like, things are going really good. Like I'm feeling really good on court. Like, you know, um, really positive. And I quite like that he, in his first tournament back, is going to play a guy who, when you, when you started your, your last um, monologue about like, there are not that many guys, I heard that. And I was just like, that Nick gets along with? <laughs> like that, like, or like the Dick, Nick, Nick doesn't have like ill will towards or is coming towards him or like because Ugo was so nice after that match mm -hmm. and he was like not like he's super harmless you know in a way that even Nick finds inoffensive because sometimes the harmless ones Nick just like bullies and gets like weird about yeah um Stefanos uh but <laughs> like yeah it's just just leave him alone but um but yeah he's, so I'm glad that around. this he's will be his like stuff. he's come around on stuff he has he has Nick, nick's nick he's complicated but he means well ultimately but uh but yeah i'm i'm glad that he drew you know a match this gonna be this can just be tennis mm -hmm. he can just walk out there and play it doesn't have to be narrative it doesn't have to be you know like could you imagine if he drew no novak in the first round oh thank god that didn't happen Right. Like, it's just uh, like, no, I just the dream, though, don't need it. The dream, though, is that he draws Novak like third round. So there's time to see if he's actually playing sure. OK and you can build up to it. But first round. Yeah, it, it's drawing Rafa third round. You know, it's yeah, like, the, like, can you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, he's playing well and it's not too deep in a tournament where he's going to be tired and he'll have a full tank of gas to be able to go. Those are the, the third rounds you want to see with Nick. 
anyways, I'm, I'm excited to see that guy back, to be quite honest, on a tennis court. And um, yeah, I forgot that he was playing Wimbledon. I noticed he hadn't been streaming I think for the last like <laughs> few days. So I, think I was like, that makes sense now. I think it's a really good opportunity, obviously, whoever wins this match to make it out of this this eighth. Um, I mean, because Umber obviously is playing well, just one hollow. Uh, Nick is is Nick and loves the grass and if you is in a good place, I definitely think either of them can beat Felix, and then yeah, Fritz or Zverev, sure, why not? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, next section here. Oh, shout out to Brandon Nakashima who qualified also. Yes, beating destroying <laughs> Golbus in the final round of qualifying, which was a little harsh, oh, just 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 utterly Ernie. utterly dragging Ernie everywhere, but. <laughs> Good for Brandon, who, um, if I get this statistic correctly, is one of 31, 32 uh, Americans in the main draw, which is like an all-time record at Wimbledon. Um, that can't be right. It's like, tw- it's like, maybe it's 36. That's a record? No. We used to so many back in the 90s and stuff. Mm, I'm pretty sure something. Anyways, you know what? Kill all let's, that. Well, I could be wrong. Let's just leave it at congrats to Brandon. That was nice. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, let's go with that. Congrats to Brandon. That was nice. And congrats to Roger, who's back at Wimbledon. Uh, Roger Federer in this quarter plays against Adrian Manorino, who um, previously won a grass tournament in Antalya, I recall, at some point. So he knows how to play on grass. And then Richard Gasquet obviously knows how to play on grass. And then Cam Nori uh, knows how to play on grass. Oh, he just no. made the Queen's is this final. Leading, is this leading to a Cam Nori beats Roger Federer in the third round situation? <sighs> that would be... A lot. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. But you never... The day, the day we won Wimbledon, indeed. <laughs> the day we beat Federer. Yeah, but who knows if they would even cheer for Nori on against Federer. Who knows? That's a good question. Philip Kranovich is in there as well. Um, but I think that this is not a bad draw for Federer once he gets past uh, Nori. Unless Sam Query, who looms against in the first round against... Uh, Pablo Carreño Busta uh, uh, gets through and is, is having vintage Query times because Query has made, you know, his share, more than his share of Wimbledon runs. Um, and not, but at the same time, I actually think that's a really comfortable matchup for Federer because he knows Sam Query. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think actually, like, someone like a Nori is possibly more, like, disorienting for Fed because he doesn't know Nori. Although maybe they play each other at Fed Cup. No, not Fed Cup, Hopman. I think they play each other at Hopman Euros there. Was, I think they were in the same group as, as Roger and Serena that year. Yeah. Because I remember Castiapo lost to Nori. And I was like, ooh. And then he made the quarters of the Australian Open the same year. And I was like, oh. So that was a journey for me and Tiafo and Nori. <laughs> you really, I really lived that with you just now. You. That was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, Roger, Roger um, plays, pulls out of the French Open after his third round. Went over Dominic Kupfer. Um, to, to make sure he was in good shape for Hala, which I love. I still love that. <laughs> and then he goes to Hala, and he plays really poorly in his loss, down the stretch of his loss in the second round, the second match at Hala to Felix Ojeala-Sim. And Roger takes, like, hours to come into press. And he is like... Really? Yes. I don't, I don't know if you didn't hear any of this, but Roger took, like, no. two and a half hours to come into press. And... Instead, I was told that players were forced to go to press immediately, but continue. I was told I was told it's terrible, but no, he was given plenty of time. He said he didn't want to come in and say anything he would regret or whatever because he was feeling like feeling he was in his feelings. Wow! 
and I didn't want to be wow. too down on myself. I was giving time to process okay. or whatever. It was it was interesting. And wow, interesting. And so okay. clearly, it was like Roger feeling fairly shaken by that performance. You know, the being so, so methodical, like so by the plan, like I'm going to play this, I'm going to then pull out of Miami and most of the clay and whatever, and then get ready mm-hmm. to peak. I'm going to go do Hala. I love Hala. Hala's my thing. Yeah. And then to get thrown this like really pretty crappy loss to Felix, um, but just by how he was feeling out there, I think really to throw him. And so it was an interesting sort of like moment of like, oh, is Roger, like is Roger shaky? Not that we, not that it's weird for someone who's played so little lately to be sure. shaky, but it it's did human. actually, it did actually yeah, seem yeah. like a fairly human moment from Roger. Um, hmm. so interesting. It's an inter- well, I, an interesting. I had yeah. not, um, that was an interesting sort of, uh, little moment there, a little vignette from Hala. Um, so yeah, so, so Roger, you know, I don't know how he's doing. And the thing is, I think about this with late career Agassi, even, I think he's maybe the person who I have the clearest memories of watching someone for a long time who was like top 10, but like on his way out, sort of. Agassi would take some random, awful losses. I remember the summer he retired and eventually beat uh, Baghdadis in the second round of the U.S. Open in mm-hmm. 2006, I guess. That summer he had played Washington and lost in the first round to our first match, maybe had a bye, to Andrea Stolpini, which is just not a name you hear um, ever. But he lost like pretty handily. Godfather of Italian men's tennis. Yes. N- not Look what he's bur- he has birthed. Matt. <laughs> but <laughs> Matt. <laughs> but no, but 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 yeah. So the, Matt Burt. But, but those and I think and Chris Everett's talking about this too. You know, even I think in the context of her last US Open, I want to say, like and, and obviously we see this with Serena and how honestly how bad she played against Rabakana after playing well before that. Like mm-hmm. when you're older, you you there are more there are more duds. Dips. There are more. There are more yeah. duds. Yeah, and in just the days chamber. you can't count on yourselves, yeah. and and you and there's no science to being able to figure out how to maximize it. You know, it just it just happens, right? Yeah. No, that's tricky. That's that's interesting on Raj. The the interesting thing though is that with Roger, as of right now, he still has that aura though mm-hmm. of being Raj, and I think you Especially know. Whereas I feel like. Especially at Wimbledon. Um, and so whereas, you know, like we talked about this a little bit about kind of with Serena, at this point, a lot, of, there is still an aura. Like, let's not pretend that there isn't. Um, but there, you know, you're getting way more of like young players being like, I want a player because I want to be able to get that win. Like this belief that they can, uh, you know, get that win. And and Raj still has a little bit of of, of he has more of a, benefit of the doubt i suppose but um also yeah. i should also remiss in not mentioning lorenzo sonigo who is the 23 seed in the section who is mm-hmm. in the eastbourne final also we'll play demon R there yes and so he is in there uh could also get through potentially i don't i have not seen a lot of him on grass but i would i would sort of favor query to make it out of that 16th of the draw because um, query is also playing well in uh mallorca i guess so yeah i think he's in mallorca query yeah let's go with that sure okay speaking of things we'll go with cubes Hubie Hercatch. So bad. I mean, talk about a post-slam slump. Hubert, where you been since Miami, my man? Miami slam, yeah. Miami slam has really derailed my boy. And at the same time, you know what? Live your life. <laughs> wear your wear your 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 slim cut jeans that are weirdly acid washed from the eighties and your perfectly fine sweat tie-dyed sweatshirt. And just live your life. Because you won Miami boy? Despite having never been there, I can say with some pretty big confidence that Acid Wash still never left Poland. 
I've never been. I'm not going to judge. I'm just saying a lot of acid I've wash going on with that fashion man. from that country <laughs> on various <laughs> Red Vonsky. <laughs> you know? Vonsky. I, I ain't seen Iga wear like acid wash jeans. She's not walking around in acid wash denim sweatshirt. She wears like Metallica shirts or whatever. Like she's got her own sort of 80s vibe going. She doesn't wear Metallica sweatshirts. No, whatever. You know what I mean? She's like, whatever. Ega doesn't fit. Ega doesn't fit this measure. But Hubie is in the section with uh, Grigor, who's in here. Wimbledon, often darling. Uh, and oh, Hubie opens against Lorenzo Mazzetti, which is a fun first round, first of all. And then uh, this is a fun little fun section. Fun for Musetti. Fun section. Dimitrov's in here. <laughs> Dimitrov's in here for Dasko's in here. Verdasco's like a crowd pleaser for reasons that kind of escape me. <laughs> And uh, Bublik and Kukushkin. Give me, give me Grigor Bublik. Bublik, by the Come way. Come on, give Bublik me Bublik after his star turn in doubles with his countryman Andrei Kolobev, uh, who I, which I assumed was a whole Tokyo thing happening there. That partnership is entered in men's doubles in Wimbledon with another Kazakh, Nedovyesov. I don't know what's going on in in Almaty, <laughs> but but there's some there's some real. <laughs> Chinese fire drills happening around these Olympics, <laughs> and we'll see who gets the oh public uh, invite. Um, Marin Chilich is also in this section, as is the number two seed. We should mention Daniel Medvedev. Uh, Medvedev playing well. Medvedev is, I think, I, I it's got Struff though first I, I know, round. Who, that's who, not be, fun. Who beat him in uh, in Hala? So that's a t- that's one of the tougher first rounds for sure. Yeah, not like a spicy one, but, but legitimately important and tough. Um, I would think over best of five with how he's playing now and getting his form, I would pick Medvedev. Struff did make a good run in, in Paris and showing some better slam potential, but that's going to be a match on one of the two big stadiums, I'm pretty sure. Like, that's going to be a tough ask for Struff to do. That would be the biggest match win of, of Struff's career. Not that he can't do it, but it would be a, an achievement for him to do that. Um, but this section is low-key pretty, pretty loaded because uh, Chilich I mentioned there, one Stuttgart obviously has credentials. So Medvedev-Chilich would be one of the tougher third rounds out there, I think for sure. Um and then they get a probably softer fourth round in whoever gets out of the Dimitrov section. Because Dimitrov hasn't been great lately, but he can maybe get some Wimbledon magic, some Wimbledon twinkle in his eye. And, uh, yeah, and that's the draw. Uh, I like this draw. I think it's pretty good. I think... It's weirdly balanced. I think it's it, not... I, I think it there balanced. aren't massive pockets, you know? Like, I'm into it. Yeah. I think that's a really good men's draw. I think, I think it's really balanced so long as Matt is the alpha they believe he is. You know, I think that Matt is kind of a tentpole of this draw. And Stephanos in the way. Those quarters can go wonky. But Sure. But true. Yeah. But the but the yeah. But the other parts are good. And I think it sets up for should people want a Federer Djokovic final? I guess yes. Right? Like if you're like a casual tennis fan, that's what you want here. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? God no. Party face. Lol. Oh. People want people in men's tennis want the same thing over and over again. Think Think of your loved ones. Like, that is just, like, that's, I mean, Djokovic fans will take it 100%. I mean, but I also just think Djokovic fans will. Match point. Right, yeah. But, like, I mean, I don't, but I don't, I also don't, I just don't think that there's anybody in the other half of the draw that's going to, like, have Novak shaken in his boots at all. Mainly because Hubert Hercatch is not playing well at the moment. Mm. So let's just, you know, add that caveat. But, um, no, I don't think that people would want to see that, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand the logic of men's tennis fan stands and like Roger fans who like want Novak to beat Rafa 
to stop Rafa from getting the twenty. It's just I don't I don't understand the math. Oh, I don't I understand, understand the, the logic because they think that if they think that I think they're kind of conceding defeat to Novak for getting to be number one overall, but they think that Rafa potentially could get stopped from getting twenty one. And then, and then so basically, so they they want to make sure that Raj can't be third. It's like they just don't want Raj to be third. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. I don't get it. I just I you know don't I don't it. think I don't get the that. logic. You know I don't think it's about the second versus third is Roger. Seriously, yeah, weird. I would love for somebody to ask him that. Roger, are you aware that your fans <laughs> want X to happen? What do you think of that? Like, do you give a shit? Like, I don't know. It's very, it's fascinating to me. If there were player press conferences that had questions to start with, are you aware that you're fans? It'd be very different. And oh, lots of players would be in for lots of, lots of thoughts. Uh, I tell you. Including you women's think the players. press is mean. Wait until you, your own fans start talking about you. I tell you. Speaking of people with fans, Carlos Suarez Navarro is in this tournament yes. as the first round opponent of Ash Barty getting another tough first round match after playing Sloan and would have to be a good Sloan in uh, in Paris. Sloan's not always a tough job that time she was. Um, what? Oh, Carla. Carla. I was like, Ash didn't play. No, no, Carla. Yeah, yeah, yeah Carla. Sorry. I'm not Carla. Carla's yeah, yeah. the protagonist of this yeah, match for me, okay? Fair. Let's, fair, let's, fair, let's fair, understand fair. that. She plays against yep. Carla Drew in the first round, Ash Barty, who's a tough seed. This uh, will be a, hopefully a nice moment for them on a big court for Carla after getting no fans really in that match on Simone Mathieu in Paris. Um, obviously, grass is not really Carla's thing, but she'll put out a serviceable performance for her. She looked good in uh, in, she did. in Paris. She was really good in that match, actually. And Barty, we don't know what to think. Who Barty, knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's like, it's very Spanish. If she's opponent. fit, then she becomes like an absolute, for me, like favorite to come out of this top half. If she's not fit, I don't know. Simple she's as. not fit, she can lose to Carla. Yep. So that is the range. And that is what women's yep. tennis offers on the daily. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. What do you make of what do you make of this top quarter recording? Why are you talking through it? Sure. Yeah, no. Uh the the top section. Yeah. So so that's Barty and Krachikova, uh, that are kind of being the the tent poles of that top section with Kanta, who just won Nottingham. First title in a long time for Joe. Um snapped like a British drought on home soil for the women um, oh since I think 81 oh my gosh speaking, Barker. speaking of British drafts I don't know where she is in the draw this thing about Katie Swan being the first British woman to qualify for 20 years at Wimbledon what 20 years think of all how the, is that possible think of all the British women who got wild cards into qualifying at Rampton. legions hundreds busloads none of them qualified for 20 years I was shocked even honestly even for the LTA Twitter account which can feel like the biggest polite applause of like cons- consolation of all of all things out there, even for them. It's very you tried. It's like it's so you tried. It's like hat off to years. this person who fought valiantly and you scroll to the end of the tweet and they lost. It's it's their thing. They're really good at it. But even for them, plucky, not having a qualifier for twenty years on the women's side, a British qualifier in twenty years. Like come on, even Marcus Willis. Like there was no, there was no woman. Oh, on both sides. No, 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 no. Men no, no, and no, no, women. No, just, just women. Just women. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. I was saying, the, I was saying the men got have gotten Brits through. I know that mm-hmm, Marcus mm-hmm, Willis famously mm-hmm. did. Um, Obviously, yeah. And so, but yeah, but like, um, mm. the fact that Marcus Willis did anything famously is this whole other issue. But good for Katie Swan. But like, mm. my gosh, twenty years with no qualifiers, given how many wild cards to get into that draw. 
is crazy. It also shows that anyone half decent, honestly, is getting main draw directs and then losing their main draw direct wild cards. We were having this conversation about wild cards, um, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll open the discussion to you. This applies to both men and women. Mm -hmm. But currently, mm -hmm. who do you think are like the kings and queens or whatever, the, the reigning champion of the like kind of gets a crap ton of wild cards in disproportionate relation to their whether they deserve them. And by deserve, I mean talent. I mean, like, you know, are they a good ten? I don't know. Okay, you look like you have I a mean, response. The obvious I, answer here is Petro Sitsipas. That's doubles. That's the, no, how many? That's just lots no. of like no, challenge not, wild cards too, but yeah. Um, no, but I'm talking tour level. I'm talking because to me, we're talking about most likely a member of one of the four Grand Slam nations. So who who, who is the current holder of the Ryan Harrison handout cup, basically, you're asking? Um, kind of not statistically, but like, who do you think is like a really good or a player that just is constantly around and almost has a pro career almost entirely because of slam wild cards? It's got to be an Aussie or a French person because they're reciprocals, right? So right. then I would think, I mean, it could be like, I don't think he's been around in this role long enough to have this, but like, uh, um, and I'm not trying to get you to be mean. No, I just no, no, was no. like, I'm just saying it was a conversation topic we were having because we were talking about, you know, the 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 uneven playing field of what can happen yeah. just based off of the fact that you play for Grand Slam Nation. I think that I think that um, he's he's built into being a top, I think, 50 player at some point. But I think that Jordan Thompson strikes me as someone who like really got his start from getting a lot of looks at wild cards early on and got a lot of chances. I could see, yeah, and probably owes a lot of his progress to those opportunities and, and he consolidated them and made it you know now it but to be fair own. he made it he made it now. yeah that's see but that's different because i think that like he made it so in other words that kind of bootstraps the idea that like oh he see we as a federation sorry i'm derailing this conversation like whatever i'll stop okay. but it was an interesting discussion to have but we're in the yeah i'm not sure there's currently one but certain, certainly in his day like orion harrison or a donald young um were the flagship people statistically for that category and statistically i know but 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 with both of them where like you know with dy and with with harrison like they had like a result or something to pin it on where like mm -hmm. when they were young the federation was like maybe if we just keep priming the pump we can you know we can help this kid out and get him you know situated but i do think oh, there are a few glaring names for a long in time, places where you're for like a oh. long time in singles it was bethany maddox Sands, who well into her veteranness was still getting singles wild cards at lots of tournaments i think she's yeah but she's again the, but she was at one point like a top 40 player top 40 is not like, much i mean she was honestly in the grand scheme of things for it's this it's not bad it's though not bad, but it's not wild card all the time worthy she won it from like she got it from the strength of her doubles and from being like a character and from being popular i don't know i'm not sure way. that that's i don't i don't know if i agree i don't know if that's send, accurate send, to me i have to us, think about it a little your, bit more send us your your thoughts listeners we curious yeah i'm curious think. like i would statistically just, or yeah. just based on your feelings um yeah so what are your feelings on this section statistically yeah so sorry for that derailment i just have i haven't talked to ben like we don't talk a lot so sometimes now when we do the podcast i go on tangents because i just haven't spoken to him for a while um i think it's an interesting top quarter i think the top half of the draw generally is is packed and loaded i think that the Barty quarter is in for me the most interesting quarter 
um, simply because you do have Barty in here, you have uh, Kachikova in here, and we don't know kind of we were joking before we got on the podcast Ben like is Barbara in London like we have no idea you know where she's what she's been up to since Paris is she can't she make the, the transition she will be making her main draw debut at Wimbledon as a Grand Slam mm -hmm. champion just wild um she's played five uh grants uh grass matches not main draw all qualifying in her career singles matches she won two sets across those five <laughs> lost first round qualities at like almost all of them so you know we don't know but at the same time like we, her game is so built for it like you would think that she would be really good on grass but we just don't know uh azarenka in here in the next section of the draw uh which is anchored by by her and andrescu sorry before go you, ahead before you scroll down i wanted to talk about the two other seeds in this top 16 if okay we can because oh yeah Con sure conta uh is the top woman from britain and she is seed of 27th she's in the third round for barty she won Nottingham during the second yep. week of the French Open. Do you think Kanta um, can, again, this flash is such a question mark with her fitness, but I think Kanta could beat Ash. I could see that. Sure. I can see that. But I, but, but this is all, but this is, again, it's not necessarily about Joe, who I think is playing well. But yeah, that's a tough first round, I think. Uh, Kanta yeah. and Siniakova. Siniakova in the final of Bad Homburg will play um, uh, Angie. But um, yeah, th this is it. All is dependent on how fit Ash is, and uh, to me, for someone who loves grass as much as Ash does, it was worrisome, in my opinion, that she didn't play Eastbourne, like mm. that she didn't even try to play. You know, like she wants to play as many grass matches as possible. Like she just loves it. So I understood that she pulled out of Berlin because you know uh she was still she was still feeling it and still healing but then when she didn't enter eastbourne i was a little bit worried so i genuinely don't know i'm curious for media day tomorrow um she'll she'll do media day and, and curious what she'll say about the fitness of of her left hip but if ash is fit i like her through this entire quarter hmm. if she's not i don't know if she beats carla it, it's so honestly, it's honestly one of those things with ash in the draw like we can almost like do a show in ash if and when ash goes out early to like mm -hmm. reset because if so much this like if ash is healthy she's a very plausible champion like yep. she's better on grass than she is on clay and she won on clay so yep. if she's healthy but again like you said reading there's a lot of tea leaves that point to her not being yes not being 100 percent. so if she makes second week then you know let's talk about it i just don't I have no clue if she's making get, getting out of the first round at this point because of just no. pure fitness concerns so yeah so that's that's definitely true and then we have obviously kiki bertens who that's is the other who, person i want to talk about i wasn't yeah, here for sure. kiki erasure that was about to happen by scrolling down to azarenka no thank you um, as if i would ever erase kiki bertens everybody knows that i disproportionately like kiki adore kiki in a way that like is unhealthy she's great mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Adore her. Kiki Burton's uh, recently announced during Sir Togenbosch that she is retiring at the end of the year. Is that right? After the US Open? I forget exactly. At the, the end of is. her season. Okay. So whatever her season entails. So basically Kiki basically said that this will be her final season. She is committed and planning to play Eastbourne, Wimbledon and the Olympics. And then around the Olympics, we'll decide whether or not she will play through to the U.S., um, the U.S. swing. Um, and she didn't sound one way or the other. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. But she's like, you know, if I go, if I finish at the Olympics, that's fine with me. She really, really, really is looking forward to playing doubles with Demi. Like she's like, that's kind of how she wants to finish her career. Um, it sounded going, like, honestly, yeah, a hundred percent. And she's not, she, look, she's not playing well. 
And, you know, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Some of it is is health um, with her or coming back from Achilles surgery. Um, and it just hasn't been easy for her to train as much as she would like. And part of it is COVID and being home for, um, you know, eight months. And and if you know Kiki, you knew that this was going to happen is is like life was good and life without having to wake up to an alarm and having to you know, watch what you eat and like be under the pressure of being a professional athlete is something that I think Kiki Bertens has been looking forward to since day one of being a professional athlete. It's always been the thing. Like she's one of the people who yeah. least enjoyed the lifestyle of it. And, yes. and what you say from, it's not even from like a laziness perspective or anything. No, like it's a, not a laziness from, issue. From being a no. nomad, from not being a normal person, from having the stress of that, from not liking, she's somebody who's like happy to be on the smallest court. Like the, the respectful thing to do for Kiki Burton's last match is to put it on court 19, right? Yep. And and close the gates. <laughs> close the gates and let her play one of her friends. Cut the cameras. And just let them play. And that's it. Yeah. And that's what she would want. And, you know, and again, like you said, it's not a laziness issue. It's not any of that. It's she doesn't love the pressure. She loves competing. Like Kiki loves just like playing a match and she loves that, but she doesn't love the external side of things, you know? So... Yeah, the minute that, and I was joking with her when I talked to her, I was like, I was a little bit worried when I saw in December, Yulia Gergis had had come to visit you in Holland. And Kiki like interrupted me. She's like, it didn't help. <laughs> She's like, didn't help, didn't help. She's like, Yulia's lo like loving her life and it looked awesome. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but um, yeah. So I hope that she gets to, to have the ending that she wants. And I suspect that if she does a good thing with Demi at the Olympics, which they'd make a great doubles team. Um, yeah, if they won you know. tournaments. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that would be, that would be it for her. And, and, you know, it'd be a heck of a go, but it's a great opening draw for Marta Kostiuk, who is a name that people should be circling in draws more and more. Yeah. That's one of those names where it's almost like surprising you're not seated by this point because you're that you feel that kind of relevant. She's always ranked lower than I think that she should oh, yeah. be. She hasn't played. She hasn't played very consistently, and obviously the rankings freezishness still is affecting. But when her she does sure. a result, it resonates with you. Like you remember, mm -hmm. so therefore, like you remember her big results. She's only ranked sixty-seven. It's a career high, I think. Yeah. So, but yeah, I could see I could see Marta Kostiuk making it through to fourth round, possibly quarters. Again, hope if if Ash. I hope we can do get some through. sort of better Kiki tribute something during this year. Because I, I think she's an interesting, normal person who very, very quietly won Cincinnati in Madrid and was like a top five player and very probably should have won that French Open where her um, her stomach rebelled. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, just such an interesting career. And we can, we, when we do our Kiki Bertens uh, tribute episode, one of the topics will have to be one of just the straight shooters in terms of like calling people out, but mm -hmm. like doing it with a smile on her face, like just kind of like, but she was like, look, I know, like, we'll talk, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into the mess, but I know the we'll, mess. We'll was talk Kiki. about, we'll talk about Yastrzemska when she starts <laughs> playing tournaments again, which will be soon enough. Um, pending appeal, I guess. Uh, Victoria Azarenka in this next section of the draw. Uh, you might start to mention, and Andrescu is the five seed in here. Talk about another player who is like in that Sitsipas Rublev category of we just don't have the grass data for her. Um, yep. But there's some names in here. Contivate also is in the Eastbourne final. Kazakir, the other seed, playing well. Ostapenko, also the other Eastbourne finals, is in here. Cornet Baltic had, Open. Had a pretty good week. Um, 
Azarenka was having some health issues in Bad Homburg against. Yeah, she pulled Rene. out due to injury. Yeah. Um, so what do you make of this? So, what do you make of this eighth? Yeah, I think it's a super interesting one. I love that both of the the I, I genuinely wanted to say the Baltic Open finalists, but no, it's Eastbourne. Um, but that Contivate and Ostapenko are in here. I think that Ostapenko has been playing really a lot better than people think that she has been mm -hmm. for a few months now. And, you know, a few results have not gone her way at, at some big tournaments, um, but very narrow losses. I think she had match points on, on Pliskova in Rome or Madrid and lost that match. But so I'm really happy to see her playing well. I think that she, her win over Kasatkina in the quarterfinals uh, in Eastbourne, I thought was really, really good because that was, you know, for Ostapenko to beat Kasatkina on grass on a kind of a cool day meant that she had to play pretty consistent tennis. Um, and she did. And then she turned around today and, and, you know, was able to, uh, to beat, who'd she beat today? Oh, Rabakina. Mm. Um, so, you know, also really good wins. So, yeah. So I think Ostapenko is a, a really, really strong dark horse to get out of this quarter. Like she would be my unseated pick to, to advance out of the entire quarter. Um, she opens against Layla Fernandez um, could play Kasatkina again in the second round, um, which I always really like their matches. They amuse me for some reason. Uh, but Azarenka made semifinals in Berlin, lost to Samsonova, but was playing well, won the doubles there with Sabalenka as well. So she's had some some hours on the grass, which is in a lot of ways sometimes the biggest challenge of the grass season is just getting match time, uh, which is great. Mm -hmm. And then Contivate, you know, Contivate uh, beat Andrescu in uh, in Eastbourne and has followed it up with wins. Georgie retired today, but uh, yeah, playing well. And we know that Annette's, I mean, she won Sir Togenbosch. She, she, she was a junior slam or junior Wimbledon semifinalist. Like she plays well on grass. She likes it. So yeah, I think Ostapenko's a dark horse to get out of here. Very curious to see how Andrescu does. Um, and then Azarenka, you never know. So those are kind of my the three or four, I'd throw Kasatkin in there as well in terms of the names that I'm keeping an eye on out of that yeah, quarter. I think it's Seeds plus uh, Penko, Penko, basically. Yeah, And, Fair. and the, they're all credible possible fourth-rounders or quarter-finalists here. Von Joshua, uh, also in there against Contevate. I don't know how much time about her, but she's going to the Olympics, which is something. Wild. Um, I'm just wild. It's a whole thing. Like, I was, once I understood how that all happened, I was like, what? Okay. Crazy. Uh, next we'll quarter, talk about we, it in our Olympic show, but and we, yeah, and crazy. Lena Svitolina, uh, semifinalist recently at Wimbledon. Last time there was Wimbledon, two years ago, um, is the high seed here, along with uh, Karolina Bukova, who's in here. It's a 19 seed who did not get the Olympic spot from the aforementioned Vondrosheva, so I think a 19 seed lost the spot to unseeded Vondrosheva. It's a whole thing. Uh, Pavlyuchenkova in here, fresh off her final run. Uh, Camilla Georgie playing well, got pulled out of the semifinals with an injury in Eastbourne, but playing very well, had a really good win over Pliskova, breaking Pliskova like at will. It was wild. Yeah, I think this is a interesting little section here. I think that the bottom part, of, uh, is, you know, of, of Pavlyuchenkova, Georgie, Mukova is honestly who I picked to get out of here uh, over Bedosa or even Svitolina, who I saw play each other in Eastbourne. I watched that match. It was a good match. Bedosa. It was a good match. Yeah. It was a good match. Uh, I'm not as down on Svitsy um, as maybe as maybe some are on grass. Um, I'm not as I'm not totally down on her. I'm just up on those other three people. 
like Mukova, Georgie, yeah, Pavichenkova. I'm, I'm not strong. big on Pavs at the moment. I think that she's got a little bit of a, a French Open hangover, which was understandable. Physically, too. So probably. physically as well. Up, she yeah. she was very banged up, and she took a real bad loss first round Eastbourne. Um, so, yeah, I, I for me, it's Fidelina and Mukova are the, are the two names that I would circle out of that section. Uh, Mukova, you know, had that big win over Pliskova three hours and 11 minutes, like what, 13, 11 in the third in 2019. Mm -hmm. That was her first quarterfinal. Um, only player to beat number one, Barty and number two, Osaka this season. Um, very randomly, nice. uh, at, at two very large tournaments, obviously. And I just think that maybe something, maybe if she's healthy, you know, all this stuff with the Olympics might light a little bit of an extra fire under a normally pretty chill and cooled, like, you know, chilled out, Carolina so that's where I kind of like give Carolina Mukova the edge to get through here but I, I like Spitzy to get I through. I agree there's a finer fire I just don't know how she reacts to that fire like I agree that she's gonna be steamed but yeah. I don't know how she responds to that and, and no I, that's and totally I, fair and George I, I keep mentioning Georgie because Georgie's had a lot of Wimbledon runs in her day so I think that she's not to be discounted there as a second round for Mukova um shout out also to Allison Van Oyvink, who was a, obviously a trailblazer leading the way for Carl Messib in some other sport. Um, so always much love to Allison Van Oyvink. Uh, the next quarter of the draw, our next section of the draw is Serena. Uh, Serena is down here at number six seed, again, moving up. See, the six has Serena. Like, Serena's six, all the way to six. It was the highest she's been in a while. It's by having Ranked not done eight. that much. I know, but no, exactly. But her highest seeding in a while at the slam. Um, since she had a baby, I'm pretty sure she has been as high as six, I'm guessing. Um, not that it makes a difference between five and eight, really. But anyways, the six next to her name this time. She is in a section that has gotten much tougher looking this week as Angelique Kerber has rounded into form in Bad Homburg, hometown of our beloved Renee, um, who was there for part of that. And yeah, Serena opening against Sasnovich, who's played well on grass sometimes, beats, uh, beat Kvitova first round a couple years ago. Uh, also in the section, in the fourth round potentially for Serena, is Coco Goff. And Belinda Bencic. And I'll throw in Vesnina is in here too, who made a semifinal a while ago. Um, and made a third round of the French Open. You know, I'm just putting in names appealing to that Had key David Kane demographic okay. of our listeners, you know. Anyway, I know she got a walkover. It didn't really do much, but I'm just I'm just trying to fill fill out the section here. Anna Kanya also in here too as a qualifier. Um, what do you make of Serena's chances in this tournament? Micro and macro. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I kind of end up focusing more on the micro because the macro doesn't really change uh, with respect to Serena. And so far as we know that she can play herself into form and on any given day, she can beat any one of these women in the draw. Now, the question is whether she can win seven uh, over two weeks, which has been the question for the last right two or three seasons. So, you know, it's not it's she's definitely had easier draws, um, you know, at slams. Uh, she's she's had tougher ones. This one is, you know, kind of just has a few trap matches that I would be, you know, just a little bit concerned about. I mean, the Sazanovich first round, uh, potentially Para, who, you know, gets herself into winning positions against top players. She doesn't she's isn't dangerous. the most reliable closer, but yeah. she's dangerous. Lefty game, you know, I don't know how good she is on grass, but it's a, definitely a name that I circled and was like, hmm. Kerber, I was texting our team during the the great match between Angelique Kerber and Petra Kvitova in the semifinals of Bad Homburg. Kerber won in a third set tiebreak. Um, 
but I said I was saying, you know, Petra's playing Angie into form. That was vintage Kerber today in Bad Hamburg. And it was the Kerber. And, you know, if, I, I would love to see that third round match because that's a, a rematch of two recent Wimbledon finals yeah. going split, split different ways. And yeah, I, w- I would love to see that match. I think that would be really interesting. And then past that, yeah, we don't know, you know, Serena versus Goff, you know, what that would look like first match between them if that happens in, in the round of 16. And also we have to, again, you know, if Goff even makes it that far she doesn't necessarily talk about her despite the fact that her breakout came here in the round of 16 to to losing to Halep in 2019 in her grand slam debut when you talk to her about grass she's kind of like she doesn't talk about it the way that she talks about clay and hardcourt you know there is definitely still a learning curve and kind of like i don't i don't actually know what's going on here on the surface so she i mean a third round against benchich who made the final in berlin and loves the grass junior junior wimbledon champion mm-hmm. and like literally like, you can always tell how much Belinda is seething during the clay season. Like, and then grass clicks over and it's just like all love. Like, I don't even know. I Between her, well, no, I mean, Ash has won Roland Garros now, so now she likes clay. But before she had won Roland Garros, it would be between those two in terms of who hated clay the most, but then also loved grass the most, like in terms there, of that, that delta. Keys in that in that conversation, too. Oh, yeah. Maddie's a good, yeah, Maddie's a good one, too. So... Yeah, so I think that it's it's one of those things where I wouldn't I would be hesitant to look forward past the 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 third round um for Serena, but then once she makes it past that and she does find herself in the second week. I mean, she's made championship Saturday the last four times she's played this tournament. So, mm. she doesn't take early early Ls here. She won two wow. times, 15 and 16 and then uh final 17 18 or 18 19. Um whatever it was, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, we know what she can do here, but we shall see. I am sports. (laughs) I am not ready for the potential narratives around a golf Serena first match ever happening in the fourth round. I'm just putting that up. I'm putting a trigger warning for that. At Wimbledon. Bottom half of the draw. My draw just got wonky. Come back draw. You, you mentioned it and everything broke. I know. My See? computer's this like, is... <laughs> stop it. Self-care. Shut it down. <laughs> Think peace overload. Think peace overload. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Carolina Pliskova, eight seed, not thriving outside of Rome, generally, um, is in here. <laughs> and also in this section, not immediately, but just amusing she's in here at all is Jess Pagula at 22, who <laughs> has single-handedly ruined Pliskova's year on four occasions. Um, uh, just shadowing her in a way that just at this point, you, Carolina Pliskova deserves a temporary restraining order at this point. Like Pagula's just following her everywhere and just mucking her up. I saw uh, I, I saw Sasha Bayan was doing like a sort of Q and A thing on some social media app, being like, "Hey, I'm doing a live chat. Send your questions in here." And someone said, "Are you working for Jessica Pagula?" <laughs> and, and I was, I was that, I like that's that's mean, but also. It's a fair point because that is rough. It, it is the most random pigeoning of like one player having another's number, like, and kind of like both, like talking about like the zero sumness, like the goal going up by pulling down Pliskova. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's very odd. It's 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 a wild one, but yeah, they 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 could face in in the round of sixteen. That's far ways away, yeah. given the way that the draws are for both of them. But it's um, it is funny that they are in the same quarter. 
Yeah, it's the closest they could have been in the draw based on seedings was yeah, where they yeah, are. So, <laughs> so Pliskova opened against uh, Tamara Sedancic, who we're well aware of now. Uh, Wimbledon, uh, sorry, French Open semifinalist. In case I'm getting used to your French Open semifinalist, Tamara Sedancic. Uh, damn straight. Damn right. And opens in the section here. Uh, this real wild card here in this section, I feel like it, in this little 16th is Allison Risk, who. Um, historically has been a great grass player but i think it's another player who i kind of put in the kiki camp honestly of someone who just has not been sort of the same post pandemic you know and it's, it's really sort of i had physical issues i haven't talked to her much but i'm guessing mentally probably is not enjoying things either and um someone who was also sort of surging pre-pandemic and now and who beat ash barty famously who was top seed here in 2019 and a big win and played serena very tough in that quarter yeah um uh, risk is, 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 is sort of a name, but one of those is just like, yeah, it's like you were saying at the beginning, like, oh, someone you would circle, but then you're sort of like, well, you know, that 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 journey for her. Um, so anyway, so Pliskova's there, and then Petra opens in, I think, one of the real marquee first-round women's matches against Sun Stevens. I imagine that'll be on center, or one has to be. And, on uh, Monday. Yeah. They so, play, the bottom half plays Monday for the women. But yeah, hmm. that, one, that one's a tricky one. I mean, in a lot of ways, you have to think that Kvitova losing to Kerber in the semis of Bad Homburg was maybe a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways. Um, you know, she was uh, obviously had to pull out of, of um, uh, Roland Garros after injuring her ankle uh, during her post-match press media responsibilities. She was doing TV, to be clear. We're not taking the bullet for this one. This was TV. Yeah, people were trying to, TV was trying to blame press conferences for that. And those of us in the written press were like, no, no, no. That was not us. Just saying. There are enough spears pointed at us currently. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. So she um, definitely got to test the the ankle in um, in Bad Homburg, and they had to play two matches, I think, today in semifinals. And so she played something like six six set, no five sets, I guess. Uh, she played an epic tiebreak against Podoroska um, in the quarterfinal. But um, but yeah, so Kavitova. Looking pretty good, you know, going in. Hopefully she recovers well over the next two days because it was a very, very heavy physical effort today. So, but yeah, you got to like that. And and Sloan doesn't love the grass, has made a quarterfinal at Wimbledon. So isn't allergic to it. She's still Sloan Stevens, a very good tennis player. One of those all-time sliding doors matches, 2013 mm, yeah. quarters against Bartoli, yeah. where Sloan had yeah. chances in both sets. And I think if she wins that match, she probably wins that tournament. Because she plays Flipkin to the semis and then choking Lissicky in the final. Like, could have been Sloan. Could have been Sloan. Could have been, yeah. So the, the doors, they slide. They slide. These doors are sliding. That's a good That's a good sliding doors call. I'd never thought about that, but you're oh, right. Yeah. That is that is quite, that's a significant one. Yeah, so I think, for, I mean, for me, this third quarter is the covid of a quarter. Mm. But so much of it will depend on the first match. So if Petra can get past Sloan, I think that this opens up. She she would then play either Watson or or, or Chrissy on who we love, who got in as a lucky loser, played a really good qualifying event. Did did Christy, um, and then you know third round could play Pagula. They played a Pagula played a really tight in Doha. Petra's very well aware of how um, tricky Pagula can be, so that's an interesting one. And then if she gets through that into the second week, I just I really don't see too many people in this quarter stopping her from from making a semi 
you know, some, other than Petra herself. You know, some ballparks have those little like golf carts they take for relief pitchers to come in. Yeah. I kind of imagine Christy and Bob Vandeslap on a little lucky loser cart coming to the tournament. <laughs> I have that visual. Love so it. I'm not, so I'm not totally sure what Bob looks like, but I have the visual. I'm not um, sure I know what Bob looks like either. <laughs> I'll put him in the uh, Casper Rude lineup. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, next next part of this draw is Sonia Kennan. This feels like an open section of the draw. And I'll hone right in on Madison Keys at 23 in here. Um aforementioned grass lover against the aforementioned first british female qualifier in 20 years <laughs> katie swan yeah can uh, can this is a very yeah. heavy british quarter little british section it's a little british britain and up american in here too yeah three brits lunch bunch of americans in this section too uh kenan brengel McHale, collins davis keys uh can maddie make the quarters should she if not what's what stops her I mean, I, you know, Elisa Mertens, who's the 13th seed here. I don't know. I don't know if I just like believe in Elisa Mertens in a way that like maybe other people don't. But I just think she's like kind of like the way that I think of Svitolina sometimes. Just like you're very good at tennis. You're a tough out. She's and she's, so she's, somebody. She's, she's pretty hard chalk. Like She's hard she'll, chalk. She'll do it for sure. Usually. Yeah, exactly. Like the cliffs of Dover. There you go. I see what she did. Retcon there. right there. Britcon, Britcon, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So I could see Americans, you know, being a very tough. That would be an interesting third round between Americans and Keys. But we know what Maddie can do on the surface, and and not unlike Petra, it's up to Madison, right? I mean, that's how good she is, especially on the grass, and and whether she can bring it. Um, you know, she she got a good win in Berlin over Sabalenka. I want to say seven five in the third, I believe, and then made the quarterfinals narrowly losing to Samsonova in three sets in the quarters. So, you know, some good form in Berlin, I thought, generally speaking, uh, but did pull out of Eastbourne uh, due to, I believe, injury. I don't think it was change of schedule. I could be wrong, though. But she was originally entered in Eastbourne. Apologies. I think, did we completely gloss over Samsonova in the previous section? Because she plays Pagula possibly second. It is in the Petra third. A Petra third round potential. We did. Yeah. So we did, yeah. She's Sorry. One, to, one to flag. So a um belated uh italian please welcome to the stage yeah please welcome once again yes um just flagging her there because she obviously came out as a qualifier playing five really legit major opponents in berlin the new wta 500 in berlin and won there and yeah so um yeah shout out to samsonova as we move on to the bottom quarter, I guess we're ready to go there. Uh, Igish Fantek opens in one of the the other sort of not like not like fireworks, but like popcorn for sure. First rounds against uh, Shacey Way. I love the matches that bookend this quarter. Hmm. Oh, completely. It's right. like it's so... like young, young, uh, young. I want to say studly. I'm going to say studly. Young studly seeds. You know who are there doing their thing with all the tricks and all all the sort of you know youth, and then it's like old lady carving station across the net, <laughs> <laughs> which is not what they're not calling them old. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those are terrible analogies. I don't know, know what. I, no, that was let, so bad. Let like, us know in the comments which half of that was worse: calling the women that was or the old lady carving station. 
All right, it's it's one a.m. here. I'm, I'm doing a that whisper was so pod. terrible, and it work. is your whisper pod. No, I know, but yes, we were referring to Shviantek opening against Shea Sue, and then on the other side of the quarter, it's uh, number two seed Sabalenka taking on Nicolescu. So there's some parallels there that exist that Ben absolutely one hundred percent did not articulate in a meaningful way. But it's I was okay. We say, move on. If I was like opening one of those, you know, like new urban revival like it's a warehouse but now they put food trucks in it i would totally have one that was called old lady carving station that was like <laughs> you know your meats your porks your hams like shaved by 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 women of a certain age and it'd be delicious <laughs> i just put that out there i'm giving you these ideas for free you know alexis ohanian's gonna go kickstart this and make his venture money i'm just out here with the ideas anyway what time is it there it's only 1 a.m., but it's been a long week. It's been a long week. <laughs> How's that core treating you, man? Oh, it's almost over, I hope. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, an interesting bottom quarter here with, with Shviantek and Sabalenka. Uh, you've also got Muguruza in here. You've got Ons, his, history-making Ons, Jabor, in here the as champ. well. The champ, indeed. Um, Petro Martic, who's played well at Wimbledon in the past. Obviously, former champion Muguruza, I said before. Sakari coming off of that. Heartbreaking loss, but a great result. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, how she kind of responds here. Before, before we go to soccer, let's let's finish up this section here with both Shvantec and Muguruza at that little eighth. Um, who do you who do you like there? What do you think? Do you think Iga with her your previously articulated grass doubts during the men's section, as you may recall, when we had uh, four hours <laughs> so, ago? So Courtney, like doing the men's shot. Let's talk about let's talk about Iga at length. If we can. <laughs> That is my play. Um, that is, is my absolutely play. Absolutely your play. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think of her play can, in this whole section? Because Muguruza obviously started off the year so hot. It's really cooled off in terms of injury and stuff at the French Open. What What do you make? How do you make sense of that play before we get to? Yeah. South Korea no. I. I really I like Ons out of this section of the draw. Mm. Um, I think Shvantec even outside of the. I mean, Chase Uwe is not playing great. At the moment, she doesn't have a lot of the, t the confidence. So even though on paper, that's kind of one of those, ooh, and, and Shay's. But she uh, loves a big stage and she likes grass. She does love a good big stage. She does love grass. She just hasn't been playing well at all. Um, so I, it's something that I, I'll tune into, but I think that Shvantec will take care of it. But uh, generally speaking, it's not a great draw for Iga. Uh, second round could play either Bojkova or Zvana Reva. And I actually think Zvana Reva could be an interesting um, second round match there for Shvantec, possible upset alert. And then third round would be the seed um, is is Petra Martic, who, again, very good on on, on grass you know, comfortable enough on it. So not the type of opposition that I think are going to give Shvantec a lot of free points. And so on grass, as she has to hit more balls and hit more balls and hit more balls and, and potentially make errors, that was the big thing that Kasatkina was able to do a little bit. Um, it's tough. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think the world of her is a tennis player, and I think that she can win Wimbledon, obviously. I just, whether she kind of sorts that all out in her own head is up to her. So that's that section. But I, mm -hmm. I like Jabor. She opens up against Peterson of Sweden. Second round, either Buzernescu or Venus. Um, and then third round would be Ons potentially. Put that out there. Be a I, think Ons, I think Ons and Venus would be fun. Uh, and then potentially third round against Muguruza, who would be my favorite to get out of this entire quarter. Again, if it was the Garby of two months ago, pre-Charleston injury. You know, so again, it's a health concern. If, if Garby comes in here looking pretty good and she 
I think made quarterfinals in Berlin. So she did play a grass lead up last week. And so she got a little bit of of, of uh, some match time in. But first first match against Fiona Farrow and then potentially Sveta. You don't you don't love it. Those are two very, very talented players to be, have to be having to play in the early rounds of an event. So, yeah, I I think that if Ons can keep her head, I, I like her coming out of the section. And then the last eighth is Samalenka opening against Nicolescu. Uh, and a bunch of qualifiers in this section in wildcard quick Katie Boulder. The seed is Alexandrova, who was in the draw ceremony called Electrina, which I think is a fun, fun, like fun that. spicy. It's honestly, you know, it's a mistake, but one of those you might just want to keep. <laughs> Electrina, <laughs> fun name. Um, she played Sigmund first, who's also Electrina in her own way. Um, uh, Rubakin is in here and Sakura. Yeah, this is a um, solid little, solid little section. Uh couple protected rankings in here. I had a bunch of protected rankings in this draw, actually, overall. But it's interesting seeing Stamp Sosa with one. Um, yeah, I think Coco Vandaway had one as Coco well. Coco Vandaway had one in the, up near the yeah. top part of the draw. I think Sakari, you know, seeing how she's doing off of that uh, French Open run, I think she can make another good run here. Like, I think she likes grass. She's been comfortable on grass. She's athletic enough to where I think that she'll adjust very well to these sorts of uh, surface change and stuff. Um, I like this draw for her. I I, I don't hate the Sabalenka matchup for Sakari, potentially if it happens. Uh, if Sabalenka even gets that far, because I could really see Sabalenka losing Nicolescu, honestly. Um, and that's actually one of the most like interesting qualifier placements in a long time, in a draw. Yeah. So this could go a few different ways. And and Rabakina has been solid. Yeah, I think that third yeah. potential third round match between Rabakina and Sakari is is a big one. I think mm-hmm. that's the that's a third round match that decides that that section for me. Um, Over Sabalenka. Even though, I mean, again, with Sab- friend of the show, John Wertheim, I know, Sabalenka to win. A, which I don't think is a bad pick. I think this is a great draw for Sabalenka. It's a weird I think pick, that but you've got to pick somebody. Yeah. But you have to, somebody's got, Tebbit rule, somebody's got to win them. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate this. I think that for Sabalenka, first of all, first time she's been seated number two, she's ranked number four. Um, obviously because of the two players who pulled out ahead of her. This quarter of the draw could very easily break wide open after two rounds i think i think you could see a situation where shviantek goes out where you see you know jabor go out you could see Mugruza go out uh i think sakari will hold i think that rabakina will hold and sabalenka could hold i think those are the three seeds that i would count on to make it past the first two rounds then after that it's just a matter of just playing the tennis and whether or not that the tennis can hold up over the seven um the seven matches and obviously with Sabalenka I think that like there's more ups and downs she did get bageled by Pavlyuchenkova on clay mm-hmm. in uh, Paris so that is a thing with that, that happened with seven that is a thing that happened in a bagel and I and I just think that of those three if those other ones go out but of those three of Sakari, Rabakina and Sabalenka I like the games of, of Sakari and Rabakina to hold up over time better than Sabalenka who has like the game that I would like pick for one match you know yeah. like that explosive that explosive power so i don't know but you know again arena's unproven she's never made it past the second round here at wimbledon um but she did get a lot of grass court play um made doubles uh, won the doubles in berlin and then quarterfinals in eastbourne uh losing in three to georgie georgie no. georgie georgie okay yeah probably georgie. Sounds I, think right. she, I think she got a bagel in the middle and then still lost that match, yes yeah yeah correctly yeah, so that's so, the women's draw. 
Yeah, I think yeah. I think Sabalenka's in that category with with your Sitsipasas, with your Rublevs, the people who have like done a lot but not on the grass, and so it's a uh, it's a fill in the blank thing. It's gonna be a wild ride this tournament, and at the end we're gonna have Wimbledon champions. It's gonna be lovely. Um, we'll see how it goes. I can't imagine programming. I'm, I think it's gonna be hard to do the daily podcast during this tournament, just logistically. Even this, obviously, we're like on an eight hour time difference from each other, which is a big difference from our normal three. And so even lining up the show is a challenge, as shown by my <laughs> ASMR efforts, which hopefully were not too annoying. Or maybe they were just wonderful and you want this all the time, in which case <laughs> we can arrange. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to seeing Wimbledon back. I do think I was I realized this earlier, re- relatively late, that part of the reason why I feel like tennis has felt flat to me in 2020 was there was no Wimbledon. Like I do think that like Wimbledon is still like the event i still think it's for whatever reason i still think it's the it's the crown jewel to use another rip con term of of the sport in a lot of ways and not having wimbledon even if everything else existed i think just hurt a lot of the sort of buzz and the and the je ne sais quoi of the i don't know <laughs> wimbledon okay. is nice i like wimbledon generally um and yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how it goes i just don't i feel like for both draws, with the exception of Novak being a prohibitive favorite once more, I, I don't feel like I have much idea what's going to happen, <laughs> really. No, yeah. And so I hope you enjoyed the last 90 minutes of us talking about what's going to happen. We just, we don't know. Disclaimer at the end. I don't know. We're making it up as we go along, but so are they, honestly. So, uh, anything else to talk about, Courtney? How are you doing? Otherwise, I haven't talked to you much. You good? Yeah, I'm all right. Day? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Wimbledon being over. Uh, not because of Wimbledon, but just because this has been an incredibly long European stretch of remote coverage, and I'm quite sick and tired of it, to be quite frank. And yeah, the time difference I don't is, is brutal. want to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning anymore for the fourth straight month. So I would like to stop that. Or not fourth straight, fifth, I guess third. But um, yeah, and yeah, it's, you know, we'll see. It's It's hard to, it's also because I think that there's so many question marks going into both, you know, the both the men's and the women's draws and things like that. And we don't really know what's going to happen, that it's hard to kind of build hype um, and get excited about anything concrete quite yet. So I figure that like once we get past the corner of, of middle Sunday and into round of 16s and enjoy it while you can, folks, it's the last middle Sunday and last manic Monday. So uh, yeah, uh, I think that once the tournament starts to build a head of steam and things start to, to shape up, it'll be easier to get excited about. I think that right now, it just feels like like the third and fourth weeks of Roland Garros. Mm, fair. Well, well, I, I, I will. I like seeing the grass. I think it's a cheerful color. I like how it wears, as we do. It's very, you know. I don't know. We have different feelings about this, and in the meantime, we have I'm completely going... different feelings. I find it very sleepy. I don't like the sound of it. I don't like that you can't. I just. Yeah, everything about it. Like, and imagine having to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch silent tennis. It's not very fun. It doesn't get me jazzed. I hear you. That, so it's just, yeah, that's that's where I am on it. But okay. whatever. Well, we once hope, the tournament we, starts, we it'll, it'll pick up. We all know this. I mean, once the tennis happens, the tennis takes care of itself. And it's hard not to get excited about things once we start playing. But all of just five days before four days before more preview stuff about the thing that you don't know is going to happen it's quite exhausting this is all fair this is all fair <laughs> um i think women's grass court tennis especially is 
like the best tennis there is. I love women's fast court tennis, and I hope that they you do, and that you're right, a hundred percent. And they deliver generally. I think it's always pretty good. Um, so we'll see. And on that note, uh, I forgot my handy index card I have of all the backer names. So I will insert that here. Uh, and thank you for supporting NCR on our Patreon, patreon.com slash no challenges remaining if you want to do so. And join the backers who we list right here in a more loud voice than before because I'm recording it the next day. <laughs> and we want to thank... As we thank every episode, our Slam Champ level backers, Susanna W., Sean Mulroy, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Sean Simeon, James Hindle, Audrey Wellens, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, Timothy Liu, and Ashley Keel, and our GOAT backers, Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J.O.D. And again, patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. Thank you to all of you. Bye, folks. <laughs> Joy, joy, I need space. Love, I need me.